But uh, let's find out for sure because we have one of the candidates sitting right here, Fritz Kagi. Yes. Welcome to Live from the Heartland. Well, thanks for having me here, Katie. So, I appreciate it. So glad to have you. Um, we uh, we don't, I mean, this is going to be a big race this year. I mean, the governor's race is, is clearly the biggest at the top, but uh, everyone is talking a lot about the Cook County Assessor because of one of the things, because of what Tom just mentioned, the uh, community groups that have filed suit, etc., when did you decide this was a job you wanted to try for? Earlier Fritz. this year. So we've been running for six months now since May. And uh, I, you know, I bought my home in 2010 in Oak Park. And I've followed over the years how the system has gotten worse. I've learned more about how corrupted the system is with pay-to-play, where <clears throat> lawyers uh, who practice before the assessor's office fund the current assessor's campaign get benefits for them. The Tribune came out with this bombshell report showing that the benefits that they get for downtown property owners are literally in the billions of dollars. And who makes up the difference? It's people, millions of people who are most hit by the housing crisis, mostly black and brown communities, who are the most over-assessed parts of the county. This has been extensively documented. So we've been conducting this campaign. It is very important because it brings together so many different issues. It brings together the problems of corruption and pay-to-play in Cook County politics. Mm-hmm. It brings together a social justice outrage, which is how, how people who live in the south and west side, south suburbs, west suburbs, are the most over-assessed by this system, not participating in uh, this, this uh, uh, network. And then uh, it all has to do with uh, how we fund our government and do we have trust really? in it. Really? And then finally, it, it's about our politics because the way that our current assessor rolls also affects the Cook County Democratic Party because he's the chairman of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely little double there. Yes. Um, uh, and I, I want to ask you how, how it is that someone runs against the head of the party, uh, how fun that can be. But um, maybe you don't know all of that yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we, we the voters are done with Joe Berrios as assessor. I can tell you that. P- folks who are part of the machine and old guard, they're content with him as chairman. But the voters are done with the corruption and pay-to-play and injustice of our property assessment system that he represents as assessor. We find this all over the county. You know, Folks who live in the Southland, South Suburbs, they've just been reassessed this year. They're hopping mad. People have long known about the problems with nepotism and um, uh, other ethical problems in this office, but the the social injustice is really coming to relief this year, um, and people are realizing it's gotten worse. So why does a nice family guy from Oak Park want to wade into this cesspool of cronyism (laughs) and corruption Mm -hmm. and pay-to-play politics? Well, I'm from here. I grew up in Hyde Park. Went to Kenwood Academy. I live in Oak Park with my family. I've worked most of my life here in Chicago. We've lived in different parts of Chicago. It's really important. This is this affects each person's share of the property tax bill. And people have a right to have this be done fairly and ethically and transparently. And it's not being done that way. It aff- now, as someone who uh, was a financial professional, I was a financial analyst and um, st- I've been valuing assets and been a steward over people's savings all my life. It does offend my professional sensibility to see the system so corrupted, but the thing that really is a call to action to me is the injustice. For 
it's hundreds of dollars, you know, or more for a, a household that owns a hundred and thirty thousand dollar home, and it causes people to be displaced. It causes businesses to disinvest. It causes neighborhoods to lose people. It's really, really important. And I said, this is something where I can have an impact with my background, my skills. I think people want what I have to offer to change this office. So how do you go about reforming this? I mean, really, if you succeed in reforming assessments, aren't a lot of sacred cows gored? <laughs> Yes, and with with pleasure. All right, <laughs> um, love that. I, what was it uh, that Roosevelt said uh, in his Madison Square Garden speech in 1936 that he's never been more hated by the, by the right. people who are opposed him? And I welcome their hatred. Yeah, I say the same. Yeah, uh, because uh, look, was that the, FDR? That was FDR in his Madison Square Garden speech. Uh, okay, so. Um, what I'd say is that there, the things that we need to change the system in a big way that solve the biggest problems can be done without any new laws being passed. It requires determined leadership. One, we're not taking donations from lawyers that practice before the office. That'll go a long way to eliminating the pay-to-play environment that exists today. We plan to institute rules to further insulate the office from even the appearance of influence from political from the political process in the assessment process. Second of all, we're committed to transparency. Right now, the assessor won't even tell us, won't even reveal to us how they're coming up with the numbers. In every other county, they do this. It's actually the law. Yeah. Um, Isn't there a formula that? There's no accountability. They won't even Hmm. tell us how the formula works, if there is a formula at all. Um, And for this office to be accountable, it's really important that we're showing people how we're coming up with the numbers because that's how you make this office deliver for the folks who don't appeal. Right. If we're making sure the process isn't biased, that it's generating uniform um, uh, rates and, and that there's no bias built into it, then uh, we're doing right, right by most of the folks who don't appeal. The third thing that we're focused on doing is running a more uniform model, which the office currently owns. They told us that they were implementing, but they lied about it after it was what shown. What do you mean they own it? Well, the previous assessor realized that there were lots of problems. Jim Houlihan. Jim Houlihan. Mm-hmm. They had a, had a new model developed, funded okay. by the MacArthur Foundation, developed by experts in the field. It was purchased. Folks in the office were trained on it. The, our current assessor, Joe Barrio, sent out a press release announcing that they were implementing it. But then the uh, expose that the Tribune had last summer showed that they were lying about that, that they didn't implement it. It's only gotten worse in the seven years he's been assessor. There is a better model that will generate more uniform rates so that no matter your race or neighborhood or the value of your home, the rate that you pay (coughs) will be flat. And that's the way it's supposed to work. Hmm. Have you talked to the MacArthur Foundation who paid a lot of money to have this new formula developed? We've we've talked to people who were there at the time and people who've done it and it's it's clearly a better model. Now what we have learned is from the developers of the model, it could be improved upon. We could, it could take better account of the effects of foreclosures and short sales and vacancy rates in neighborhoods most impacted by the housing crisis. If you look at a lot of the south right. suburbs or south side or parts of the west side and west suburbs, that's certainly the case. So we can improve upon it, but it's clearly a better way to do things than what we're doing now. People are fed up with it. So besides technical changes, you mentioned transparency and ending pay to play. Yes. How do you really affect Michael Madigan and Alderman Burke's livelihood as as elected legislators who benefit greatly on a personal level from their uh, 
their appeals of assessments. Are we well, talking sacred cows now? Yes, we are. Well, well, right right now, the way the system works is there's our, our assessor has no interest on getting the numbers right the first time right. because his campaign is funded by people who whose business is predicated on the fact that you can get the numbers reduced. Right. They get paid uh, either a flat fee or a percentage of the savings. And the more the system is failing, the bigger the opportunity for them. It's blown my mind for years. And, and just look at some of the buildings downtown. I mean, Trump Tower had its had its assessment uh, on the bottom third cut by 70%. We try not to say that word in this, uh, in this radio show. <laughs> well, but that's okay. Go ahead. It's, it's amazing. You know, this was one of the more prominent examples because its valuation was cut 70% to just $4 million on the basis that it's substandard property. <laughs> uh, when it's, you know, we know this Great. is the most valuable property in the, in the city. Um, and uh, I guess who makes up the difference? Well, in Rogers Park, which has had a relatively flat post-recession recovery in terms of prices, Mm -hmm. my home was uh, up 40% in the last assessment. Yes. And appeals have gone nowhere. And you're not alone. I know that. The the neighborhoods most impacted by the housing crisis pay the highest rates. It's an outrage. But I'm thinking all the way back. supposed to be the way the system works. When I, as a taxpayer, uh, thanks to Mike Razalowski, another good Northside lawyer name, Mm -hmm. uh, we appealed the effort by Presidential Towers many years Mm -hmm. ago to get their assessment reduced, ironically because they were having uh, occupancy issues, Mm -hmm. in part because they refused the Section 8 that Rostenkowski got eliminated from that deal. Uh, uh We succeeded in stopping any reduction in which we considered a victory. But it was amazing as a taxpayer to get into that process to actually present before the Board of Tax Appeals mm-hmm. with Wilson Frost sitting in yes. the middle there and well, Jacoby on the other side. Notorious, and uh, to see the winks and the winks between mm-hmm. attorneys and whatnot and what they decided to do you know, in chambers to mm-hmm. uh, settle. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, the taxpayers had very little standing in that particular court at the time. And that, dear listeners, was a step back in time from yes. Tom Clark, <laughs> complete with uh, Robert Frost. I mean, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Richard. Carl Sandburg. Yeah, uh-huh. no, no. Uh-huh. Uh, no, all You are guys. thinking of, yes. So at any rate, the fact that you're willing to take this on, mm-hmm. uh, generations of a really corrupt system, mm-hmm. is something else. But I have to return, uh, Fritz, to this underlying thing of, you know, what kind of political future do you have if you actually take on the Madigans and Burks, et cetera? Well, I, I think it's I think it's a, a great future. You know, there are lots of young, promising people who uh, have been, become motivated by what Bernie. happened in the most recent election or Bernie or before that, mm-hmm. but they're blocked. Yeah. They're blocked by uh, pay-to-play politics, people who are more interested in scratching each other's back without... Um, getting people interested or motivated, and it's not producing great candidates. Um, you know, if we look at the top of, of Cook County, that can, except for you know, um, Kim Fox is a great person. Tom Dart, you could argue, is a good person. But there are lots of folks uh, who our system is producing who are blocking good people from emerging who can be um, excite voters a little bit more. And uh, I, I think you know, the, what are the key issues in this election? Corruption fairness, social justice, uh, improving the politics of Cook County. Um, I consider it a joy and a pleasure to be talking about these issues, and I really think it connects with people. We People talk about these issues all the time, and they, they, they want to see things change. So is this the kind of position, given its technical nature, that an expert should be in, appointed rather than elected? Isn't the fact that this technical position to determine assessments 
is in the political sphere is what leads to pay to play. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we, like the recorder of deeds, maybe remove this from electoral politics? Uh, this this is a technical office, you're right. And this has been a long-running, over-100-year debate uh, about how municipal politics should be run. And there's a tradition that says you want experts running things insulated from popular opinion. But there's also uh, a, another line of thinking, which is that if the system is malfunctioning and working against the interests of people, there must be a democratic way to change things. So um, most of our assessors in Illinois are appointed. This one is elected. I just think, imagine if this office was appointed today and it was running the way it does now, how would you change it? Right. So I think it's very important that in this election, uh, we have a change here. And uh, uh, thank goodness we have the choice to change a corrupt system. Do you think that you can reinvent government at the Cook County level while um, the shenanigans we see in D.C. are going on? The money taken away from blue states, the the attempt to kill anything that Obama has done. You know, I saw a meme this morning, by the way, that said if Obama had cured cancer, number 45 would be trying to bring it back. Uh, Well, I, I, I might have an unexpected answer here. Go for uh, it. First of all, I love in, unexpected in, answers. In, in, in Washington, you know what we're seeing today in the House and Senate is appalling with this appalling. tax bill coming through. I mean, you you started you launched, start, launched the segment with this. They're literally cutting the top income tax rate, cutting estate taxes. They're killing us. And and uh, cutting corporate taxes. And then how are they funding that? They're getting they're me. getting rid of any incentive to invest in local education in edu- in in uh, any kind of local infrastructure. They're eliminating health care benefits, um, and, and think of all the horrible things that are coming out of this. And it's all to benefit a tiny sliver yeah. of uh, the, of American society. Like you could probably less oh, than hundred thousand people. They're donors. It's uh, it's it, it is, really it is hard. appalling. But what I'd say is that our congressional delegation here in the Chicago area is actually a hopeful case for how we can get better, uh, better leadership in Cook County. Because if you look at how um, many of the folks who were elected to Congress in the last decade from the Chicago area emerged, they emerged through contested primaries on the basis of their character and issues. And we produce really great people like Robin Kelly, who's endorsed us, uh, we have uh, uh, Mike Quigley, who endorsed, who came out of a, a very uh, contested primary in, t- in 2009 with a lot of good people running against each other. We have Brad Schneider. We have Raja Krishnamurthy. Um, these are good uh, congressional candidates, talented people who are serving us well in Washington. And they that what has emerged on the congressional side uh, is different from the way Cook County runs, and I think that's why folks who were elected in Congress have been a, have been endorsing us. We got endorsed by three congressmen last week: Robin Kelly, Bill Foster, and Danny Davis, and it's been a pleasure. You're well, listening to Live from the Heartland on WLUW 88.7 FM. Please like us on Facebook. We're talking this morning with Fritz Kage, who is a candidate for Cook County Assessor on the Democratic ballot coming up in March. So you've spent a lot of time this week responding to burials charges, and yeah. typically I want to hear more about what you're going to do than respond to some other candidates' charges, which you claim are false. But I want to give you a chance to sure. respond briefly to not being a Democrat. <laughs> right. So, so the the Berrios folks have been out there saying that I'm a Republican, when uh, the public record shows that in every 
primary that I voted in, going back to the 90s, I voted as a Democrat. I've given <laughs> to nothing but Democratic candidates for my whole life. Um, and not to mention the fact that we've been endorsed not only by the congressmen that I mentioned, but progressives like Clerk David Orr, Heather Staines, Bernie Sanders, Our Revolution, uh, many of the progressive caucus aldermen. Uh, it's just nonsense. And they're doing it to distract from the fact that they don't have any record to run on, that mm -hmm. they're running this corrupt, failed property tax assessment system that generates such uh, social injustice. Um, that's one of the, the other charge that they leveled at me was that I'm a person who invested in and personally profited from private prisons, which is also 100% false. During the whole time that I managed the mutual funds at my company, those funds never owned companies in this whole sector. And the reason why is that I blocked investments in them because I thought they were bad companies doing bad things, running up against a trend where the whole this whole tendency towards mass incarceration in the United States, there's starting to become a bipartisan consensus that it's bad for our country. Uh, you know, if we look at drug laws, we're seeing change there. All of these things are bad, for, are going to be reducing mass incarceration. It's a terrible thing. And these companies are like, you don't want to be there at all. So that was always my argument. What the Barrios people have done is they went and looked at, <clears throat> they said, aha, Fritz's successors. Bought at, the stock. At, where? So at Columbus Wanger? At, at Columbia Wanger Asset Management. And I, I can't be responsible for what my successors did. I can tell you that I blocked, I blocked and I never invested in those companies, ever. So, you know, I, I was reading your uh, bio. Um, okay, I, that's enough for me. With uh -huh. the, thank you very much, Joe Berrios, for telling us <laughs> lies. We're getting used to it. Um, Not surprised. But I, I, in your bio, I had this phrase, small global companies. Yes, as somebody who really did own a small company, uh -huh. <laughs> I mean a real small company, what is a sure. global small company? Sure. So uh, what our company specialized in is investing in small companies that are publicly traded anywhere in the world. We, my, the founder of our company, Ralph Wanger, uh, innovated this idea, and the chairman of the board was longtime Irving Harris, and he supported oh, yeah. uh, this concept of <clears throat> most people pay attention to big <clears throat> big, huge, <clears throat> multi-billion dollar companies. Let's focus on the small ones that are overlooked, that are more entrepreneurial. But and who we do have it, a global reach? And we do it everywhere around the world. So oh. we started investing in the United States in the 70s and 80s, but then we innovated investing in small companies in Japan, in Germany, in Australia, uh, in Poland, uh, Brazil, Argentina. So I, I traveled to 40 countries around the world looking at small companies, and it was a joy. And there, there, there are all sorts of interesting things that you can pick up from this, like the fact that um, here in the United States, sometimes people think that uh, organized labor is bad for business. Well, when you go around the world and you go to places like Germany or Sweden or India or Australia or other places, you can see that companies do just fine with organized labor um, in many different places. So it opens your eyes to a lot of these conventional assumptions, which are wrong. You know, I, I like the notion of somebody coming into local politics who has a global experience, mm -hmm. um, because I, I do believe, you know, there's no going backwards on that. And yeah. the more we know, um, obviously, the better off for all of us. Um, when we had a president who mm -hmm. actually spent time in Indonesia and mm -hmm. Kenya and other places, uh, heck yeah, and the rest of the world recognizes that you see them for actual people. Um, the difference is stark. Um and I forgot what I was going to say about clothes. <laughs> well, oh you know, th we, we just we were exposed to a wide variety of businesses. So we owned a paint company oh, in I India. Know. 
We owned a retailer in South Africa. So did you ever read Confessions of uh, uh, the... Econ, uh, Perkins, the Bill Perkins book. Oh, I didn't. No. Oh, you you need okay. to read that because mm-hmm. the other thing we want to make sure is that you're mm-hmm. not doing things that World Bank was doing. Oh no, in the I, same era. So, the, so that that whole that whole economic that, hitman, that, that whole was Washington it. consensus thing. That's that stuff is nonsense, and I know because I spent a couple of years living in Russia in the '90s, and I saw how wrong that was, and how their their you know their whole economy collapsed. They had a chance to to have democracy and an emerging free press there. And it all went bad, in part because of those policies. Yeah. And that laid the ground for Putin to come in. Well, check it out. Confessions of an Economic Hitman. I will. Really good. Will do. Yeah. Um, What's our last thing with Fritz Kage, who's running for Cook County Assessor? Yes. So happy to have you here. Uh, We really appreciate your willingness to take on the uh, sacred cows, because I think that's what this campaign is going to be all about. you do have a challenger on the Democratic side who also has a progressive label, mm-hmm. and you're challenging her petitions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we can't predict how that's going to turn out, but Andre was Andre Rayla was on our show a few weeks ago talking about the Tribune series as well. Are you going to run into a problem with having two progressives trying to challenge burials? Well, I mean, I th- how do you deal with I th- that? I think we both want the, the same thing. We both don't like the way this current assessment system works. We think we're best placed to... To do that because uh, of, of having an impartial uh, valuation background, I'm a certified Illinois assessment officer. Uh, people like the background that I bring to this. Um, that you know, that's just where I'd leave it at that. Uh, Is I a final thought want. you want to leave uh, our listeners out there who might be voting for you in a couple months? Well, uh, you'll I- all be voting. <clears throat> This, this is a very important race. I think this is the most important and exciting race that you people have a chance to vote for in the Chicago area because it determines your share of the property tax uh, property tax bill, and it might not be the most glamorous office, but it's one where we can make a real difference in people's lives, advance social justice, um, uh, advance ethical government, and uh, do this for 5.2 million people. It's really important. And what I'd, it's a, this election is really about a choice to change a corrupt system. So it, that's why it's attracting so much attention. Well, shine on, Fritz Kagey. All right. Yeah, thanks. and uh, stay healthy, and um, God love you for, right. uh, for taking this on, really. And there's that. Will do. Thanks, so. thanks, Katie. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you. I'll be happy to come back anytime. Excellent. Okay. And I understand you're going to be in the, the neighborhood in January. We'll, we'll tell more about that later. Uh huh. Will do. <laughs>